From studying as a biochemist to becoming one of Nigeria's biggest documentary photographers, this is the story of Mayo Otu, a Nigerian photographer who has embraced photography not just as a profession but as a tool of social good. Drawing attention to Nigeria's underserved and underprivileged communities and invested in telling African stories from an African perspective. I sat down with Mayo on this episode and we explored the inspiration behind some of his impactful projects, talked about raising the next generation of documentary photographers and the importance of sharing African stories on global digital platforms. My name is Fola Folayo and this is Minding Your Business Africa. At Learnum for Business, we offer content production and distribution, API as a service, and brand activation, so you can upskill your workers and teach them basic digital and vocational skills in their local languages to suit your business needs. With the right skills, anything's possible. Let's upskill your teams and users today. Visit www.learnum.africa to get started. Thank you for having me for life. So great to be here. I'm very well, thank you. And uh, I think it's currently very humid in Lagos, Nigeria, where I live. So, but it's great to be on the podcast, having this conversation with you. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's always interesting when, you know, when we have conversations with uh, different Africans from different places, uh, you just get to experience life through different lens. Now, talking about experiencing life, um, let's have a brief in um, introduction to who Mayor is, because if I'm speaking personally, I'll say I know you as um, a photographer. I know you as a documentary photographer. I know you as a photojournalist and a creative person, a teacher, so many things. But if I were to ask you to describe yourself, how would you describe Mayor? I think um, I would describe myself as someone who is very passionate about helping people. Okay. And um, it is the passion for helping people that drives what I do, be it um, teaching, like you've mentioned, using platforms like Twitter to teach young Africans, because I have followers from across Africa follow me on there where I teach photography generally mm. and um, put tweets and traits. And um, it's just to help people, like I mentioned, or whether it's me um, using my photography and storytelling skills to raise funds for people who are in need, or whether it's me going to communities that have issues with clean water, photographing them and actually getting them access to clean drinking water. So I, I think it's about um, compassion and empathy for me. So that's who I am at the very core. And this is just the fruit. The, the things that I do. So it's just a fruit of who I am at the very core. Hmm. It's interesting. I mean, you've mentioned two things, photography and helping people. 
water specifically giving water uh, to communities that need it now let's start with photography i know that you started out academically in the sciences at what points did you get interested in photography and at what points did you see it as beyond just taking photos commercially that's a great question i think um I didn't start out as a photographer that like you mentioned. I did science, biochemistry for, to be precise and all, mm. with the second degree. But then I was very interested in the art part because I remember back in my secondary school, I won different awards for writing. So I was, I knew I was supposed to be in the arts, but you know how it is, where we come from and all of that. I, my parents didn't pressure me to get into the sciences, actually. But I just thought that for people to be bright and knowledgeable, you should be in the sciences, right? So I, I forced myself to get into the sciences. I still remember my head, my head of departments back in the university, my first degree, saying that I'm just here getting other people's um, grades while I'm not supposed to be here. Wait, he told uh, you you were like, getting it, other people's grades. What does that even mean? Yeah. It says that, um, okay, I know I'm brilliant and I'm here getting the grades, whereas I should be somewhere else. Because at that time, I was um, editor for my departmental um, editorial board. Mm. I was member of the editorial board of the university. So he actually saw me do those things very well. So he was like, you're not supposed to be here. You're not yeah, supposed to be you should have been a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> so that was what he said. I think after um, the university, I mm. I did um, work for a radio station as in the library, so okay. we collect music and all of that stuff, and that was how I got to know you from the, in the very beginning. Um, ah. I, I think I did TV too at that point and all. Then there was a point where I actually started writing. Mm. I did a couple of um, articles for Why Niger. I did a couple of articles and, and I got a job with um, an entertainment magazine company. So it was at that point where you have written stuff and your photographer, the star photographer is not bringing what I have in my head for it. Mm. And um, I'm like, but there is a camera in the um, office that I can use. So I just said, let me try it out. I, I didn't know it was difficult. I just thought it was just carrying a camera and taking a picture and all of that. But <laughs> sooner than later, I realized that you expected. Yeah. yeah, so I realized that oh, this is crazy. But then I started learning. So for me, it wasn't for a purpose of making money. It was just for me to make my work better, mm. right? So after I left the job. I now started saying, okay, so I got this money coming. So I realized that, oh, maybe I should just buy camera equipment, rent it on the side, not like to do the job, right? Mm -hmm. Just have equipment I can rent to photographers, make money from the side and all of that. Mm. So it was when I got those equipments, that was 27, 2016 December, right? By Christmas, people rented and all of that. So um, by January 2017, I now said, okay, let me just try out this thing one, once again. So I got into photographing and quickly I realized that I was drawn to certain things, not certain things. So be, where I come from in Nigeria, Akwaibom, 
Mm. At that point, we didn't have documentary photographers, so it was just people's photographic weddings, events, portraits, and all of that. So I wasn't drawn to those kind of work. So it was harder for me to actually see how I can do what I do. So starting out and going towards that lane where people are not, can't even find someone that is doing it, talk more of finding someone that is earning money from it. So it wasn't about the money for me. It was just me trying to... Um, to do something no one else to, is doing. Yeah, at that particular point in time. And um, realizing that I've gotten a couple of skills from days in early days in church being in the evangelism team and all of that so i can talk to people on the street mm. i had the confidence of going on the street so i now realize that oh i have a camera why not take both things that i've learned over time and put it them together and here we are today but you ended <laughs> up documenting people's lives everyday experiences with photography exactly so that's how i started 2017 just um telling the stories, going to people on the streets and meeting them. I'm like, yo, what's going on? So from, I, I, I remember I don't re usually remove my camera when I'm doing that. I'm just having conversations with people. Yeah. And at the end of the conversation, I'm like, yo, I'm a photographer. I would like to make a photograph of you. I still remember that a few months into doing that, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, actually introduced me to Humans of New York. It was, oh. She was like, this is this stuff you're doing. Someone is doing it, and the person is humans of New York. I never knew someone like like that before. So it was your so wife like, that really? introduced you to humans of New York? Yes, yes. Interesting. So I'm like, really? So when I saw it, it blew my mind. I'm like, I'm doing this. So if someone is doing this and is earning from it and is doing good with it, I want to do that. And um, I think a couple of months later. Five of my images were selected for exhibition at the Abuja International Photo Festival. Mm. And that was it. I never looked back. Wow. So that's how you inadvertently just discovered um, documentary photography, telling stories with photographs. Now, I, I see that, you know, you've told quite a lot of compelling stories. And one of the most prominent ones was, you know, the water for Katampi. And this is a community that is so close to the capital of the country and they do not have a drinking water. The, the conditions are so bad that when the photographs came out, I was shocked that we still have communities like that uh, in Nigeria, so close to urban and developed centers. And there seems to be no governance going on in there or even remembering that these people exist. Uh, but then these photographs came out and you were able to get uh, a corporate body, you know, to fund the project and provide water for these people. How did that happen? Tell me the story behind it. Did you just go to that place and discover, oh, this place is weird? Or did somebody introduce you to the place? Or did somebody tell you that, hey, come to our rescue. We need your help. Okay, yeah, I, I remember that. It's, it was like, um, so prior to this time, I have done projects that have raised money for other people, whether it's school supplies, medical supplies, mm. and um, emergency funds like that. I remember this, my friend, Oluwafemi, that's his name. Yeah. He, he lived in Abuja at the time. So he went to that community and saw it. So he came to me and like, yo, Mayor, I know you've been doing this with your photographs. So what do you think I can do to help the community? So we just had that brainstorm session. Okay, this is what I think you should do. This is what I think you should do. He went back, he did it. 
He now posted on his Instagram. He didn't get the traction that we wanted. Um, I now told him, okay, why not go back since um, people are now turning into, um, what they call it, video. Why not go back and do a video? Maybe that would actually um, make people look back or sit back and look at this thing and want to help. Mm. So he went back, did a video, posted. Still didn't get the traction we needed. It was at that point I said, okay, anytime I'm in Abuja, I would try to come to that community and see what I can do by myself, okay? And it took like um, six to seven months before I could get to Abuja because I don't live there. I, I needed something to take me there too, right? So I now had a, a photography workshop I was teaching in Abuja. So I now told myself, after teaching the workshop for two days, the third day, which was supposed to be a break, I can use that and go to the community myself. Mm. Um, went to the communities like I normally do, find someone who speaks the language and understand the people. Took my time to stay there and listen to them and all of that and all of that. So at that point, uh, I could figure out how to photograph them. Mm. Right? Yeah. So it was me looking for ways to photograph them and not make them look poor. It's either pity or or, or empathy, right? So I was looking at how my photographs could not just get pity because pity is not good. I wanted empathy. Mm. So I needed to stay there for a while, listen to them talk about other things about their lives, not necessarily about water. Not necessarily about their struggle. Yes, not necessarily about that. I just wanted to talk to them as human beings, right? So it was from there that I actually got the ideas of how to represent these people in my photographs. And um, yeah, I made the photographs, came back, published it. I remember one of the biggest water organizations in the world sent me a DM and said, yo, that the images are taunting and all of that, that they have never seen something like that. And coming from where it came from, Abuja, the capital city in Nigeria, that is really, really bad. And they cannot help at that time because their budget at that time has been exhausted. Mm. That should wait for the next year. But the issue at hand was very pressing because the water was bad and I couldn't wait for another year. So I took it to Tuta. And thankfully, the um, organization in Nigeria saw it and they took upon themselves and they um, built that water well for that community. That's a bank in Nigeria. Okay, the name is Sterling Bank. So Sterling Bank, commercial bank in Nigeria, actually funded that project and built that water project in Katampe, area of Abuja, for the, that community. And um, yeah, so a little problem that um, Uluwa Femi saw and wanted to help now became a problem that the commercial bank took upon themselves to help just because the photographs actually told the stories of these people without you even knowing them. So I'm, I, when I look back at it, I am glad it happened. I'm glad that my photograph could make that change happen for them. And I'm really excited about it. And it actually started something very big. And um, yeah, and that's what we are doing now. So yeah, thank you for reminding me of that story. Yeah, I, I, for me, that was a turning point that I saw in the way you know you told your stories your pictures have always been very compelling i remember there was a time you were doing a series of corporate headshots you know and it was really really beautiful to see how you cut 
people you know at the very essence so when, when the the water for katampe projects came up I, I saw that it marked a difference in your journey uh question is how has it changed you not just professionally but personally you know uh, because i believe that what we do is linked to who we are essentially so um how has it changed you as a human being how has it changed the way you experience um your environment the way you experience people the way you experience culture the way you experience um you know being a nigerian um how has it changed me i think it's opened my eyes to see problems that ordinarily i would not be looking at right yeah so after that project i actually had to do research about water problems right i now realize that we have over 90 million people living in nigeria without access to clean drinking water before then, I didn't actually care because where I live, I have water. Where I come from, I have water. Water has never been a problem. And I've, I've never thought about it that there are people in this life who have never seen clean drinking water before. It has never crossed my mind up to that point. Yeah. It was after that project that a lot of other communities now reached out to me. Like, a lot of communities come and like, look at what we are going through. I, I really wish that you can come to our own community and photograph so that we also cannot get access to clean drinking water like the people in Katampe. I think it's actually um, changed me in realizing that photography can, one photograph can actually change the world. I used to read that, I used to hear that, mm. but seeing that really happen, yeah, I know I did small stuff in my small little way and all of that before, but this one actually got the attention of everybody and um, it made me realize that we are not just um, photographers. We are like people who can change the world with our craft, right? So it actually gave me a new meaning and a new drive to what I do. So I think it gave me the opportunity to realize that I can do more with the photography, right? I could change life with the photography, not just for a person, but for a whole community. And it also gave me the opportunity to do that. We can do more. That's why I can... I don't have to go to these places. I can actually help people, other photographers, help them understand what photography can do for them and yeah. for other people. Because when they say that one photograph can change the world, it really can. So that project actually made me understand that if we have more people like us doing this in our own little space, right. our continent, our country, our communities, would get better so i've been trying as much as i can to teach more people in different places how they can use photography storytelling to actually drive social change in their own communities mm. and yeah i started an ngo called give water foundation where we still use photography and crowdfunding to give water access to clean drinking water to communities that don't have one wow so that's what give water foundation does that's the foundation that you started off of this project. I mean, I, I see the the drive towards um, raising up other documentary photographers, other storytellers. And I, I want to ask what the reception has been like, uh, because for a lot of young Nigerians who go into um, creative photography, it's hardly do you find people who do it for, um, let me say social good. It's usually for arts and commerce purposes. So uh, was it easy getting young people to see that they can, in your words, change the world with 
um, storytelling photography? Once they see someone that is successful, right, they yeah. will actually try to want to be like the person. Mentoring now comes in and all of that because why they are doing the other forms of photography is because the people that look successful to them are doing that form of, of photography, right? Mm. So for someone like me, and they have seen me, this is what I do, and I'm okay, and in their eyes, this is what success should be like. And I'm telling you, you can earn money and also not even use your own money, but you can actually bring other people together and change someone else's life. So I think if I wasn't this successful, yeah, I think it wouldn't have been possible. But I think because I'm up there, the, um, not just the monetary part, the art part, the photography part, they know that the photography is good. Um, they know it can be, you know, put side by side with other documentary photographers across the world. Yeah. They know that the knowledge is there and they, they have seen it work. They have seen the um, change happen. So for me, it's, it's from that result that I've been able to actually inspire more people to actually look towards this way. Because it's harder for people who can make a decent living for you to tell them to come do stuff that could not make them money as fast as they want, right? Mm. So I think that has actually helped me in teaching these people, mentoring most of them within and outside Nigeria. And um, yeah, I when I when I look at them and the things they are doing, actually one of my mentees sent me um, a message the other time that he has raised like $5,000 to actually buy school supplies for a school in Abuja. Wow. It actually gladdens my heart that, oh, the things that I'm doing is actually paying fruits to some other person mm. and they're actually changing the world around them. Yeah, in their own little way. So yeah, it's been good, it's been inspiring. And yes, it's also challenging because you have a lot of work to do to make them understand that the success that they, they are actually craving for can actually be found by them helping other people too. Yeah, clearly. I mean, uh, one of the things that you have successfully used, or rather one of the tools that you have successfully used is social media. Um, every other day or every other moment, you're on social media, uh, on Twitter mostly. I, I can see that uh, you're mentoring, you're giving out information, uh, you're connecting people. So how did you discover that social media was the best place to connect all of this together and how has it helped and if you didn't do this on social media do you think other you could have done it on other platforms and be as successful as you are with it right now i had a twitter account which i i just used to post different things time and all of that i was just trying to grow and share what i do on instagram and for a while yeah i did that well on Instagram, but I soon realized that Instagram doesn't allow me to share my thoughts the way I want to, right? So Twitter for me, apart from the fact that I'm using it now to do what I do, for me it's, for, at the very essence, the way I use Twitter is the way someone uses um, their diary. I use it to actually um, write down my thoughts, right? So every time I think about something, I tweet it. And I, I could say here, my Facebook, I've ever written, we are all afraid, beginners like to strip photography, yeah. was a trip. 
So I tweeted it all out because once the inspiration comes in my head, it's just like me I'm supposed to be keeping a diary, but instead I do it on Twitter. But what made it better was that on Twitter it's easier for you to find people like you who would share the things that you do to other people. Mm. Unlike um every other other social media, I don't know how it works. I'm not the very I'm not a video person. So doing videos for Instagram wasn't something I wanted to do or going the other route of the YouTube wasn't something I was supposed to do. Mm. I just enjoyed the fact that, remember I said that I did the writing with um, the magazine. Yes. So I realized, yeah. So writing was something I really enjoyed doing. Twitter is like micro blogging already. So, so the blog of you came forward. Yeah. So that's what I just do. I just block with time, block with time, block with time. Then something profound happened when I followed one person. The person is not even a photographer. The person is, um, I think, a painter on okay. Twitter. Okay. And I realized that the person is using his like tweets to share his art. So everything on his like tweets are his art. Then it now occurred to me that I can make everything on my like tweets be about the photography tips and the trades that I make. So easily someone, just like you go into the library, and you can just go into that section and you know what you would find. That was when the prospect now come. And you know how Twitter works. They love supporting people. So from that water of Katampe project that actually came up, a lot of people were now following me. So they now realize that I'm sharing this thing for free. A lot of people now started retweeting. A lot of people now started learning about me. And I think most of these things wouldn't have been achieved if it weren't for um, social media because ordinarily people like photographers we wouldn't be able to afford traditional media right mm -hmm. and um doing interviews every day on let's say the, t the tv or, or radio or newspaper and all of that it's it's not something we could turn in um and do it every day every day it's every day. not cost it effective work. yeah um the social media actually makes it why i'm having the success that i'm having now and also considering the fact that the era that we are, we are living in, the mm. people of my generation are mainly on these mediums, right? Yeah. So it's easily, you can easily reach them by just putting out a tweet. Because mm. someone just wakes up every morning, the first thing they check is their Twitter. So where would I rather be? Right where they are, so that when they are getting other information, I can easily teach them what they want to know about photography, and then line my idea of changing the world because mm. they, they have tested the photography principles that I have shared and it works. They now trust me in a kind of way. So if I now tell them that you can actually do that photography to help people, it will actually reach more people at the same time and it will actually make those people that he has reached to think about using their craft to, to do good. So I think social media has actually made it really, really possible for me. And it makes it believable too, because uh, you're not just saying it, they can literally see the evidence of what you're saying. And, you know, they can see the success, they can see the growth, they can literally see the change as it is happening. Which brings me to um, what it is that you're planning to do next. I mean, there's so much on your table and I wonder um, what's, what's Mayor planning? What community is he going? How big is he planning to do this? Are you taking this out of 
your comfort zone, say, out of Nigeria. I know that right now, uh, in several Nigerian communities, there are enough problems to document. Uh, but do you think that um, you might at some point take this across Africa, or you're raising African photographers like you to document stories about their communities? How are you expanding? What am I doing at the moment? So there's this community that I'm trying to raise funds and build water for them. Mm. The community, the name is Kuzamagu in Enugu State, okay. Southeast Nigeria. So I went to that community sometime in March. I spent a week in the community. I lived with those people and they do not have clean water. The water, I think if you, if you think that the water in Katakro was bad, the one in this community is bad, bad. <laughs> it does the work. But um, yeah, so I stayed there and I saw it. And the problem is the topography of the area, right? So yeah. Enugu is predominantly uh, a rocky formation kind of um, soil. So it's difficult for you to ordinarily just have water. So mm. this community has never had clean water. So they um, they rely on it, like, and hopefully it stays, it helps them throughout the dry season and something doesn't. So most of the time, these women and most times, you know, in communities in Africa, mm. at least where I come from, it is the women and the girls that go to fetch water, right? So um, this community, the women and the, and the children, the girls, they go, they have to wait as early as 4 a.m. to go fetch water. And this water, they have to wait to, for it to come out and they fetch. And it's still dating. And I saw them and it broke my heart. And yeah trying to raise money for the community i actually had to pay for a geophysical uh, survey which mm. we do before we know the depth of which we can find clean water in the area that cost me about um, 400 to run the test and it showed that it would take almost 400 feet for you to get clean water in that environment wow and Thinking about the fact that the one we did in Abuja was like 180 feet, but this one is 400 feet. So it's difficult, it's difficult to actually get water in that place. And it would cost us maybe $5,000, $6,000 to actually get that community water. So that's what I'm actually working on currently, trying to crowdfund. At this point, we have raised $1,000, yeah. so we are, we are somewhere. <laughs> How are you doing this raising? I know that there's a lot of crowdfunding. Are you writing to grant foundations? How are you making this work? The first fund that we raised thousand was from one of the images from that community being sold. The thing was that I want to use like 100% of the funds to give that community water. I always use my personal funds to go to these communities. I would pay my way, get accommodation and all of that and all of that. So money we raise is 100% used for the purpose of getting the community's clean water. So it is the NFTs that have raised the first set of money, but we are still writing later, still talking to people, looking for brands, and how we could um, get this community to get water. So yeah, that's what I am doing right now. And it's taking a lot of my time because, um, you know, you still have to balance life, work, family, and still with the non-profit we are trying to run and all of that and all of that. And the second part is, yes, I would want to take, um, give water outside Nigeria, right? Because yeah. first and foremost, do that. I want to take, um, give water to other African countries, right? 
So the point is, most Africans, whether they live in Nigeria or they live in South Africa, in Rwanda, in Angola, or outside Africa itself, they want to help. But they want to actually find African startups or African organizations run by African young people or whatever it is to use that opportunity to help, right? So I'm trying to see how I can do that and help other African countries. Because if Nigeria has 90 million people without access to clean water, you never can tell what the next African country has. So it's a big problem. We can go on and talk about the um, waterborne disease. We can go on and talk about um, everything that comes with water issues, crises, agricultural problems, drought, and all of that. But we still can we can still talk about the issue of self-esteem when it comes to children, women, and girls, mm. because these people cannot take good shower because their water is dirty. They cannot feel a certain way about themselves. So I want to see how we can take give water into um, other communities outside Nigeria and see how we can help. And um, one of the ways we want to do that is to equip other African storytellers mm. and photographers so that they know that storytelling can help their communities. Because at the end of the day, I, I believe strongly that um, it is time our story should no longer be told without us. Exactly. It is time and for us that, to tell our stories by ourselves. You can only tell your story if you're empowered. You can only tell your story if you know what storytelling is in the first place. Mm. Because the way it has been set up by the people who set it up is that we still, most people still continue to tell the story in a way that is not our genuine story. Mm but in a way to suit the narrative that has been created over time. Mm. So it's important that us young Africans know this. So that's the most important thing for me that I want to do, so that we empower more African storytellers to understand what storytelling is and understand our way of telling the authentic stories of our people and not ripping dignity off our people in the name of helping them. So yes, it's important for me to find people who have the same dreams that I have and equip them with this knowledge of how to tell stories, of not to demonize or dehumanize our people, to mm. bring empathy and uh, humanity inside the photographs that they make and the stories that they tell. Because at the end of the day, it is our continent and it is upon us to make it shine. Indeed. At the end of the day, it's our continent. It is upon us to make it shine, to make it look good, to fix things, and most importantly, tell our stories from our own perspective. Uh, Mayo, this has been quite enlightening. It's like seeing you uh, with a different kind of lens. Uh, I'm sure you appreciate that. And, you know, thank you very much for coming to Minding Your Business Africa. And uh, we wish you the best. I wish you the best. And I believe that, you know, the stories you tell uh, will not only resonate with Nigerians, but it will resonate across the continent and cause the change that we seek. And that's our conversation today on Minding Your Business Africa. Thank you for listening. 
Remember to follow all previous conversations on podpage.com forward slash mybafrica. You can also listen exclusively on AfriPods, Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio.